Hello, friends. Welcome to Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. I'm KB, and I can't wait to share valuable insights on health, fitness, nutrition, aging, faith, family, and everything in between to help you level up and activate your life. I'm a former network marketing hater turned top leader in my industry. I'm a certified life and nutrition coach helping women to break the same chains that once kept me stuck. I'm so happy you're here. Let's do this. Hey, hey, activators. I am back with a sinus infection. So if I sound kind of crazy, you know why. Uh, It's that time of year. The whole family has been blessed with a sinus infection. So here we are, but I'm showing up because that's what I do. Um, I'm very excited today. I have two guests, actually. I got the honor of um, hopping on one of their webinars recently. And as you know, I've been on this journey this year of saving some money instead of spending all of my money, which I've done in the past. And so I shared on here that for the first three months of the year, I'm basically on a spending freeze. I'm not spending frivolously. There are things that um, I, of course, will always spend money on, but the very frivolous things such as um, my daily Amazon habit and things of that nature have gone away for the first three months of the year. So I'm what a month and a half in and I'm, I'll say I'm thriving. I'm doing really well. And I am really just starting to realize that the things that I was buying felt like I, such a need in the moment. But when you allow those things, you know, you put them in the save for later cart instead of the buy now cart. Um, most of it I've deleted back out after a couple of weeks. It's like, I didn't actually need that. So it's been a great learning experience for me, I will say. But so on that note, I want to continue this conversation about finances. And so today I have Devin and Ashton Beisel. Don't say Beisel. Don't get it twisted. I don't know who would ever say it wrong. (laughs) Me. Uh, but they live in Tulsa, Oklahoma with their three sons, Isaac, Camden, and Jace. I know all about the the three boys. Um, I have three of my own. They serve families nationwide as safe money experts and life insurance agents. They've been coaching people in their finances, marriage, parenting, and health for 14 years together. Their passion is education. Once people are educated on the truth about money, they know how to steward it well. They pride themselves on relationships being built by integrity and trust. They've been recognized as the top 10 financial professional in 2020, as well as number 35 nationwide in serving clients in 2023. So welcome, Devin and Ashton. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us, Kristen. And thank you for saying our last name right. Bravo. Bravo. I mean, I mean, I would not want to mess that up. So you're welcome. I definitely like when I heard you say that on your webinar, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been saying that wrong this whole time. Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. That's right. No, when you know better, you do better. Right. Right. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you on. I actually had another um, like budgeting expert come on the podcast. And so we chatted all about budgets and things like that. But um, this is a little bit different of a conversation. So I'm really excited to kind of look at another um, area of our financial health. Yeah, we are too, for sure. We definitely talk budgeting, but I love what you were talking about before, just about the, the frivolous spending and the things that we don't realize we're spending on. I think that's something that we're so passionate about because lots of people want to be able to make their money grow and make their money work for them, but they feel like they can't do that because they have nothing left over. But when you actually take a look at everything, you really 
do have money left over. You really do. And you're probably spending money on so many things. Like I, I always think subscriptions is the number one thing that comes to my mind because even me, like I'll get like a $99 charge on, you know, on iTunes. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what was that for? And you know, it's this subscription that I signed up for a year ago that seemed like the best idea ever. And then I've never used it. I've forgotten about it, but then here comes this charge, right? And that's a lot of money when those things start adding up, even those small monthly subscriptions, because I mean, how many of us are really using them? So um, there are so many different things to look at and so many places that you can like, quote unquote, find money. Right. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the thing about subscriptions is they're like out of sight, out of mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're hard to kind of track down. Um, So Ashton actually really is passionate about the Rocket Money app. I don't know if you have downloaded that or not, but I would highly recommend it to anybody listening. Download the Rocket Money app and it really kind of helps identify some of those things that you're spending. It helps categorize um, subscriptions, your bills, your expenses, you know, food, groceries, eating out. And boy, you want to talk about spending some money. <laughs> Dining out and groceries have gone to a whole nother level right. over the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you're we, right. We, we help people with budgeting too. And those two itemized lines are like next to the mortgage. I mean, they've taken over the car payments. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Isn't that scary? That's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, the reality of that is almost hard to even comprehend at this point, how much we're spending mm-hmm. on groceries. And right. I think that's something too, where it's just like, well, I got to, for me, I'm not the person in the grocery store. Like how much is this milk? I'm just like, I need milk. Right. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, it is what it is. Like I got to buy it. My grandma is always so funny. She'll be like, how much is milk out there? I'm like, grandma, I have no idea. I need milk. We get milk. <laughs> I don't know. But she knows how much every last thing costs, which is probably not a bad thing. Um, so I know you guys were talking about, so in the webinar that I watched, you had kind of like four main things that you spoke about, which was money mindsets, the problem and the solution, trimming the fat in your finances and giving every dollar an assignment and then protecting your family. And I just really, those were such great things. So I just love to you know, kind of go through what it is that you shared. Uh, one thing that uh, I was thinking of when when you mentioned just money mindset is so many people have a scarcity mindset. And maybe you could speak on that. But I was one of those people because I never made my own money. When I met my husband, I stayed at home with our, you know, we had four children and I stayed at home with them. And I started to feel so... Um, I hate to say without purpose because my boys are the biggest, you know, the most important thing yeah. in my life, but I just right. felt like I was, I had so much more to give. And yeah. then when I, when I got into Modere and I started making my own money, I got terrified to spend it. I would just watch it and I would <laughs> look at it and I would be really excited to see it, but I wouldn't touch it. Like yeah. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything bad with it, but I also wouldn't do anything good with it. You know, and allowing your money to just sit in a bank account or sit on a card somewhere is yep. not stewarding your money well. So um, um, hopefully I didn't get us off track, but that's the one thing when I think of money mindset, um, there's so many different mindsets around money. Yeah. I'll kind of share, you know, what I love to share about money mindsets and then I'll let Devin share kind of what he talks about, about making your money work for you. But that's what I'm passionate about first, especially with women, right? Like we want safety. 
we want security. We all have so much purpose and passion, you know, behind our families, but we also have this piece of us that, you know, we want to be good stewards, right? We want to make our money grow. We want to have our own money and our own contribution that we're making. And so I talk about having a poverty mindset versus having a prosperous mindset. And some of this can come from the way that you were raised, how you grew up. But, you know, I'm kind of just one of those people as a mentor that's like, listen, we can all make excuses about the way that we were raised. We can all make excuses about what's happened to us in life. But guess what? There's enough YouTube videos, podcasts out there. You can get on social media. You can be encouraged. You can learn. So suck it up, buttercup. Time to get a prosperous mindset, right? Like that's how we think. And so a prosperous mindset is like lack, worry, fear, not thinking that there's enough. It's like this uh, stirring, this poverty mentality on the inside somehow where you feel like you're constantly chasing something, right? As opposed to a prosperous mentality is peace, relaxation, trust, joy, and a sense of dominion. A sense of dominion really just means like everything's working for my good, right? Like money is abundant. Money is available. It's not scarce. I don't have to be, you know, jealous because someone else has this, like, guess what? There is so much money in this world to go around. And if you learn what to do with it, then you can break off generational curses that happened in your family. Because typically when you look at your behavior around money, it's either one of two things. It's very similar to what you've seen in the past, or you try to be polar opposite, almost to a detriment, right? And so I always say this quote, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Yes. We've actually, we've shared that quote on here before in regard to other things, you know, trauma and the way we raise our children and the things that we bring with us. Uh, You asked this question on your webinar. um, Would you want to like emulate what your parents did with money? And I think that's such an interesting question to ponder, right? Because I wouldn't, it was scarcity. It was poverty mindset. It was always it was always fear around money. I saw my parents argue about money. I saw, you know, we would like go to a drive-through. We, we always did these like sweet little drives to the park. In fact, some of my very favorite memories as a child was driving through, we had a state park in our town and we would drive through Danny's uh, and we would get an ice cream. And I remember specifically this one time I wanted a hot fudge sundae with nuts. And I remember my dad, I could tell he was mad. But like he didn't say it to me, but I could tell. And then I realized he didn't get, he got me the hot fudge sundae with nuts, but he didn't get anything. And mm-hmm. I realized later that it was because we could all have a cone. There was money right. for that. But a right. hot fudge sundae with nuts was pushing the limit. So um, uh, it's interesting the things you remember when it comes to, you know, money and finances and what it felt like in your home. Right. And I think yeah. that that's why we say that's where it starts is your mindset, because however you feel about it, is going to allow you to get vulnerable and ask for help. I mean, Devin and I do tons of appointments every week where it is kind of a vulnerable topic, right? Like it's vulnerable to bring up. It's something that you're either proud of or you're not proud of. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, like you're accountable for what you know. So if you're listening to this podcast, now you know, right? That's right. Yeah, (laughs) that's so good. So good. Yeah, and I think some of it is, is generational too. You know, like our parents tend to be that generation tends to be more traditional in their thinking. Right. And so 
there are what I like to call some financial sacred cows in the world, you know, and a lot of people thought um, in that previous generation of ours that if you had a 401k and you stayed at your job for 30 years, you would be able to retire just fine. Right. And a lot of people, as a matter of fact, true statistic, 73% of Americans fall short in retirement. And the truth of the matter is, is that some of those, that traditional thinking honestly has kind of left people falling short, wondering what happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so one of the things back to, back to money mindsets, I always tell people, look, there's two things you really got to focus on. Number one, you can't just work for your money. You have to make your money work for you. Right. So you have to invest it somehow. You have to put it into a vehicle where your money can grow, whether it's taxable, tax deferred, tax free. There's all kinds of different things that you can get into with that, but you have to be diversified in your money, right? Like you can't just rely on the one retirement account from your 30 year career. You know, it can't just be one mutual fund. I mean, obviously people have done really well in the stock market, but I am a fan of being very diversified and even in the tax classes of your different investments. I know one of the things you mentioned was uh, something about a foundation. I don't know if I wrote that down, but that you didn't want to build your foundation on something that was, you know, you could lose, right? Like if you think of building a house, you don't want a shaky foundation. So you're talking about investing, I I think, was it like the majority of your money into something that's very, very safe? Yeah. So that's kind of the second thing we talked about. So the first thing was money mindsets. The second thing was the problem and then the solution. And so the problem is, is that a lot of people have their foundational investments in places that you can lose money. So like Devin said, you know, there's lots of great investments that carry risk, the stock market being one of them. There's nothing wrong with that. Even real estate, guess what? Like a deal can go wrong in real estate. They carry risk. Doesn't mean they're bad, right? It means you need to do that once you have your foundational investments. To your point, your foundation has to be rock solid. Think about when you build a house. You don't want to have something that can happen to the foundation. Okay, something happens to a window. No big deal, right? Fix it. Something happens to, you know, the back door. Okay, fix it, right? The the window and the back door, those are your riskier investments. Your foundational investments want to be in places where your money can work for you. It can grow, but you can't lose it. And those are the kinds of things that we specifically help people with all the time. So like people that have old 401ks that are just sitting there, people are losing money. You can lose money in those old 401ks. And so we help them move that money to a safe place where the money can grow, but they can't lose it. And like Devin said, it's so important because people think they're going to be able to retire just off their 401k. And in the majority of cases, that is absolutely not going to happen. And then another thing that I talked about too, was once you have three to six months worth of living expenses, and this kind of goes back to what you said earlier, right? About how you're like, you know, when you first started earning extra income alongside your husband, you're like, okay, I don't want to spend any of this money. I'm a little bit like scared, right? Like I just want it to sit there because it makes me feel cozy, right? So I tell people, once you have three to six months 
worth of living expenses in your bank account, are you being a good steward by it just sitting there? Because it's really just collecting dust, right? Like, no, you want to put it in a place where your money can grow. And so that's what we teach people to do as well by putting their money in a place where they can access it while it grows. It has several other benefits too, but you can't lose money. You kind of want to think of it sort of like, think of like a private family bank. Okay. It's like a concept where if you could take what you normally would save, which Devin will talk about this in a minute about, you know, just the paying yourself first concept, but you should always pay yourself first. Once you have that savings, then you want to be directing that into a place where you're getting growth on your money. Right. That is so important. I think people, I think there are probably people who still don't even understand that like burying your money in the backyard means you're losing money, right? Right. Like because of inflation and how the world works, burying your money in the backyard is not a good way to save your money. Yep. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of books out there about that private family banking concept that Ashton just brought up. Another term for it is infinite banking concept. And in other words, it's, it's really, you know, if you think about your traditional bank, right, you have a savings account there and it's a garage, it's a warehouse for your money, but it's not growing, right? So what if there was a way where you could put money in a quote unquote warehouse, but that money grew four to 5%, you know, every year, right? So that's, there's tools out there that can help people do this. Not enough people know about these tools. Um, and so that's one of the things that we help people with, but back to Ashton's point, you know, we, we help people go in phases, right? Because it's really important that a lot of people don't even have the discipline of paying themselves first down yet. Right. (laughs) And so it's getting that little discipline down, pay yourself first, because if you don't, you're making everybody else rich, not yourself. Right. You know, and we all work so hard for our money. Um, we have to pay ourselves. Uh, other money will find a way <laughs> to just it, it grows wings and flies away really fast. Amazon really <laughs> likes to make my money grow wings. I am just like you, but I am very disciplined. And honestly, our career is a gift because it's constantly reminding me to be a good steward, you know, and we're people of faith, right? So we believe that God has entrusted us with money so we can create generational wealth and also so we can help other people, not just so we can go to Hawaii every year, which is great. We go on lots of vacations, but we want to have that abundant mind where we're being good stewards so we can be entrusted with more. I think people, that's such, that's so good. Um, I think people, when you're talking about, you know, these foundational investments where there's very low risk, I think that's where people don't know where to turn Devin. Like you're saying, like I, even me, like, so as I'm saying, I I just stared at that money and stared at that money. And it was a lot of money in my terms, right? Like it was well over $50,000. I'd never seen that much money in one place that had my name on it. Right. And I just was like, what do I do with it? And so I asked my husband and I was like, I want to invest all of this money because then no matter what happens going forward, I at least like did something that felt like it was good to me. Right. Like, So we did invest the money and this is something I was going to wait till later to bring up. So I apologize, but it's a good segue. So he invested that money for me, Ashton, and I don't know how to see it. 
I don't know how to look at it. I don't know where it's at. I know it's somewhere. Um, but I think that as women, uh, a lot of us as not as also as not the breadwinner in the family, right? So the person earning less is often left in the dark when it comes to finances. And we were, we were also talking about life insurance. I know you all, um, you know, you help people with that as well. And it's something that my husband hasn't felt is necessary because he's like, there's, you'll have money if I die. Like it's not necessary to have life insurance, but I feel like that makes me feel uh, insecure and unsafe if I'm being honest. Um, so sorry about the little segue out of what we were talking about, but what do you say to women who are not in a position of knowing what's going on, just sort of being left in the dark? And in my situation, it's not because my husband is hiding anything where I'm sure that comes up for people, but it's sure. just that it's almost like, I think I mentioned before, like it's like the finances are his lane yeah. and like as unimportant as it sounds like he doesn't know when the kid's homework is due or what sport they right. have to go to or where they're going. Like that's my lane. Right? right. So we're kind of staying in our lanes, but that leaves me very much in the dark as far as the finances. Yeah. yeah. So I was talking to a girl that I mentor and it's kind of a similar situation that you're talking about, right? There, this is, would be a whole nother conversation for, you know, Devin and I have done marriage coaching for 14 years as well. Whole nother conversation when there's a hiding situation going on, right? That's not really what I'm going to talk about right now. I think there's just situations where someone's good at it, right? Like they've already been paying the bills. They have their system. They, you know, have their, you know, process that they like to do for investments. And then maybe the other person to your point. So like in our family, this is just like a little, you know, example of what you just said. We joke and say, Devin does the homework. Ashton does the heart work. So like mommy does the heart work. <laughs> Devin does the homework. Daddy does the math. <laughs> yeah. You start getting me into math other than when it comes to like helping people grow their money. I'm like, you know what? I don't know why they changed math and I don't care. Like, let's go get ice cream. I just like, I'm an entrepreneur and, but for him, he, he loves it. And for me, I love to do the heart work. So to your point, people have different roles within the family. Right. But I think that the biggest thing is being able to find someone that you trust. And so this is what I encourage the girl that I mentored to do. I said, listen, just have you and your husband both get on a call with Devin and I, we are a sounding board for both of you. So having a male and a female, another couple that's in unity about finances that can help maybe point out blind spots. You know, not only do we help people make their money grow, not only do we help people protect their family with life insurance, but We'll have people call us and say, hey, we want to build a pool. Here's the interest rate we're getting. You know our finances. What do you think, right? We don't get compensated for that, but we see ourselves as those financial mentors in your life that you want to bounce things off of, right? Or in your case where you have, you know, a lump sum of money and you're like, what do I do with this? You know, every family's different. And so the biggest thing I can tell you is to find a financial mentor that you and your husband both can trust that you can get on, that you can be honest with, and then express what's important to you. So maybe that's your husband's lane, right? But then you say, hey, once a week on Sunday nights, or maybe it needs to be once a month, whatever works for you, can we sit down? I would like to give you an update on where the kids are at with some things, just like, because that's your heart, right? And then I, and where, you know, maybe you have a side hustle, you have a business and some things going on with my business. And then I would love to hear from you a financial update. 
because you're supposed to steward together, right? When you get married, the two become one. And so we can't just, even though someone might be a good steward, their best ideas, maybe you're like, you know what, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Or you know what, that makes me feel not safe. And if $150 a month, let's just call it or $200 a month life insurance policy or a $40 a month life insurance policy, depends on how much you want. Obviously, everyone's situation is different. For me, if that made my spouse feel secure, I'm like, cool, right? Like we have to have car insurance because if we get in a car and we're driving, it is illegal. You will get pulled over if you don't have car insurance. Why? Because you could accidentally get in a wreck and hurt someone else's family and their vehicle. Same thing when you get married. I always joke. I'm like, it should be illegal for people to not just have life insurance. It's honestly not expensive. Like, why is it illegal for people to not have car insurance, but then people can run around with kids and, you know, a spouse and then something happens. And then you're the first thing you're talking about is money. Like, no, the first thing that you're talking about is how you're going to move on in this life without your spouse. So those are just some tips of how I would handle it. That's so good. That's so good. We actually had an instance in, in my own family where my grandmother, my grandfather died at 54 unexpectedly and there was no life insurance and yeah. he was in insurance. He sold insurance for a living, but they had cashed oh it in for a, it was a, it's a whole sordid story, but a custody battle and he spent all the money and she was left with nothing. And she spent, she was 50 and had the whole rest of her life. She lived into her eighties and it was a constant battle and struggle. And she had to rely on her children, which of course you would hate to have to do to put that burden on your children. And right. so my mom lives in this constant fear where she's always checking in with my dad too. Like, Hey, are we good? Do we, you know, she always has this fear in the back of her mind because she saw what, what people went through. And I mean, financial struggle is, it really pours over into every aspect of your life. It's really hard to be like good anywhere. If your, your finances are, are not there. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. A hundred percent. And you know, life insurance is not only about leaving your spouse enough money, right? Like there's plenty of families that in the bank, there's enough money. But the question is like, does your spouse know how to access that? Like, is that, we call it the, I love you folder, right? Like you have to have an, I love you folder because if something happens to you, a lot of women don't know what to do. They don't know the passwords. They don't know the login. They don't, maybe they're not even on the bank account, right? Yeah. That creates a whole nother thing when, if your spouse passes away now, okay, I have to, you know, get grandfathered in. I have to work with a lawyer. I have to get my name on this stuff to get it. It becomes a pain in the butt. Yeah. Your spouse this, is no longer with you. you know? You're it's making, like, you're making me think of something funny. So when Jonathan and I first got married, he, one day he was like, okay, make an appointment at the bank. We're going to get our account together. Right. And I was like, I hit the freaking jackpot. Like God loves me so much. I'm going to get on the bank account. Right. And we can we go to the bank and it was like a sick joke. So he put his name on my bank account and then we left. <laughs> and then we left. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh man, it wasn't very funny, but here we are. But I mean, I, I, I can, I like can so relate to everything that you're saying. Uh, it's so important, but okay. Let me try to get us back on track. Um, let's see. I loved Ashen that you said, well, I'll say one thing you said, this really struck me. Um, 
people either end up dead or dead broke by 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. such a scary thought to get to that point in your life where you've worked, you've worked your entire life. And then mm-hmm. suddenly you don't have enough to, you know, we're like living longer. Ask mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. She wants to make us like retirement age be 75 or something crazy. Right. Um, so not, not a political podcast, but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just so important to get a handle on these things in your young, you know, as young as you can, the best day or the best time to do it was probably 20 exactly. years ago, but the next best day is today, right? Like do something now. Don't, don't wait until it feels right. Or you have time or whatever. Like it's a, it's a, it's something that you need to, to do. Yeah. It's so true. I I do say that like most people literally end up dead or dead broke by 65. And most people don't even realize how much it's going to take them to slow down in life. We don't even really use the word retire because again, like I said, we're people of faith. We believe we're going to keep doing what God's called us to do until, you know, he's called us home. So we are, we're not ever planning to just like go live on the beach and sip Coronas all day, right? Like, you know, we'll we'll do some of that, but we're not going to do that all the time. We're still going to continue to live out our purpose, but you will have a day where you want to slow down, where you want to help your kids, where you want to be a present grandparent, right? And so figuring out how much money do you actually need? Like what age do you want to slow down? Okay. Well, what do you need a year to do that? And I think that you know, that's why Devin and I are passionate about what we do because we're those sounding boards for people. We say, okay, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's start with a budget. Do you have that? How much money? You would be shocked, Kristen, when I ask people, how much money a month do you have coming in? How much money do you have going out? If you cannot very quickly answer that question, that is a problem. I love you, but that is a problem, right? Like, Well, everybody knows how much they make, but nobody knows that second one. Right. Because nobody wants to know. Right. <laughs> terrifying. Right. Yeah. And it, it, and it is hard. It's difficult to narrow that down. Right. It, it really is in a world of, you know, everything's auto draft and everything just comes out automatically. We completely understand. But you do have to have somewhat of a handle um, because if you're just consuming only. You are absolutely going to fall short. And you're going to be working longer than you thought. Um, say, tell the thing about like eating your seed that you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we like to say, you know, don't eat your seed, right? Like when we receive wealth or income, a portion of that is to live off of. A portion of that is to invest or grow, however you want to say that. A portion of it is to give as well, right? You know, I just I just finished tithing as you were as you were uh, popping on here. I'm like, oh no, I didn't tithe on this yet. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. In whatever form of giving that is for people, but um, you know, you have to give your money an assignment, right? Because if you don't, it will deplete itself. And you'll get to the end of the month and you'll have more month than money. And then you'll get to 65 and you'll be dead or dead broke. Right. Right. I mean, mean, we see it all the time. time. So, but I get it. A lot of people to your point earlier, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. And you know, that's where we come in. I had a lady the other day after we met, she said, so how do I pay you for this? And I said, Oh, you don't have to pay me for this meeting. This is just an educational consultation. And, you know, if we decide to do business together, um, you know, I'll be just fine. Right. We'll work it out. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The companies that we work with, that's how that um, we get paid to acquire new business. But, you know, we love to educate is the point. And a lot of people, they really just don't know where to turn. Um, and it's not something that even just, you know, listening to one podcast, you can wrap your head around fully and figure it out, right? It's, it takes a series of meetings. It takes the visual of the budget. It takes action steps. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's a really scary and vulnerable thing, you know, to one to just open up your finances and let someone else look, look in, take a peek in, um, but also to find someone you can trust. And, um, you know, I think looking for someone, in my opinion, someone who, um, you know, loves the Lord and is doing their, the Lord's work. Um, I don't know, just to me, that makes a person more trustworthy, you know? Um, so just, um, I don't know, vetting the person you're about to work with, I think is really important too, because this is a very scary thing to sort of let someone else tell you what to do with. I've seen so many, uh, you know, horror stories where people have lost their entire fortunes or their entire life savings because they let their money get into the wrong hands or they yeah. followed bad advice. Yeah. And unfortunately we fix more things than mm. anything else of like, um, like, you know, even people that have old IRAs, things like that, people are just not, they don't really understand what their money is invested in. And it's not because maybe the initial person had bad intentions. Maybe they just didn't know better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a lot of what we do is we fix things because again, going back to what Devin said earlier about the traditional route, people think, oh, I have a lump sum of money. I'm going to go down to X, Y, Z chain. Right. And I'm going to say, Hey, what do I do with this? And then they take your foundational investments. Remember we talked about that and they put it in places that you can lose money. Mm -hmm. Again, not all risky investments are bad, but that's for later. That's after you have the foundational one. So a lot of what we do is old 401ks, old IRAs, you know, old Roth IRAs, helping those get into safe places. And then of course, like we already talked about life insurance and helping your money grow while you can access it. It's true. You have to be very particular about who you trust. And as a matter of fact, the CEO of who we work with, Duval Financial Group, he started it. His name's Gaines Duval. When we very first got started um, helping our money grow, we had met with one person and then we met with another person. And the whole time I told him, I go, I'll meet with these other people to be courteous, but there's no one else I will work with besides Gaines because he loves the Lord. They do very well. They also are very frugal and very smart with their money. And I know that he loves our family and they're yes. good, solid people. And there's ways in this industry where things can be properly, or I'm sorry, improperly structured. So there's ways in this industry where things can be improperly structured, where it benefits the person who's advising you more Yes. And the actual person. So if you do the right thing for the client, you may make a little less, but you're going to make a lot more in the long run because people actually trust you. Devin and I get referrals every single day from people because yeah. people can trust us. That's amazing. Um, so I already know that I'm going to get my husband on a call with you all because we, this is something we, I've watched him again, his lane, but I've watched him struggle with kind of just knowing what to do. And he he has settled kind of in real estate investing because that's where he's comfortable. Uh, he's a contractor. And so it just kind of like all goes together. 
but he's also like in 2020 put a lot of money in the stock market and I watched him I, the man aged 20 years because it was terrifying and it took his whole I started sleeping in another room because he would wake up in the middle of the night to check what was happening like it was it was so like anxiety ridden I'm like could it could this yeah. even be worth it like what you're going through um so to have someone kind of just oversee all of that and that you feel safe with and I think you you've said a couple of times like your foundational investment that you have access to it. Cause I think that's huge too, where people invest all their money and suddenly they can't get to it in an emergency if they need it. Or if they can, there's huge fees associated with using their own money. Right. So that's a big deal as well. Um, so I think just to, to land this plane, Ashton, as you say, um, how can people find you? Because I know, like, like I said, I'm going to be reaching out for a call and I know there's going to be people who would love to have just this consultation with you all. Yeah, for sure. So a couple ways. So you can go to my Facebook or Instagram. It's Ashton Beisel. Okay. And my name obviously I think will be in the title of this podcast because you probably won't be able to spell it. I do I do have one of the most unique names out there. There, there ain't gonna be another Ashton Beisel on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. So you can go there, you can follow me, shoot me a message. And then also too, we actually have an upcoming webinar next week. So you can go to work with Devin and Ashton.com and you can register for that webinar. It's going to be this upcoming Tuesday. You'll put your email and your phone number in and then Devin or I or Devin and I both will meet with you. I love that. That's so great. Well, thank you both. This was wonderful. That was such great information. And I really, really appreciate you taking time to be here with us today. Thank you, you for having us. All right. Happy Monday, Activators. Later. That's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following at Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram And if this episode made you laugh, offered value, or simply entertained you, please like, share, and give a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks for being here. Love y'all. Later.